a little while getting used to those new ones. These hearing aids are getting fancy. If it's a little loud, <coughs> I can reach up on the left one and turn it down. And if it's not loud enough, I can reach up on the right one and turn it back up. If I want to cut them off, I just take them off, take them out, and put them in my pocket. That works pretty good. So. Oh, modern technology. What we're going to do. Keep on keeping on, I guess. Let's see if you have your Bibles this morning. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. trying to do a, the 12 traits of a godly man or person. I hate to leave ladies out because the same thing applies to y'all, to be a godly woman, a godly man. Uh, we must be faithful managers, faithful managers. And faithful, of course, we, we believe we know what faithful is. Uh, of course we do. It's, it's uh, to be true and uh, constant in affection or allegiance to a person. If we're faithful to our spouses and our loved ones and our children and our friends, uh, we maintain our affection to them and our allegiance to them. Uh, we uh, also are faithful to our vows. Now, most of us who are old enough to be married know when we got married, we took wedding vows. And we're supposed to be faithful to those vows. And I wonder sometimes today, uh, as I look at our modern society, how many of our uh, young folks that are getting married today know what it means to be faithful uh, to those vows, but uh, they, we should be. Uh, they represent our ties to love each other, our gratitude for each other. <laughs> I'm not going to go too far down that road to gratitude. I'm just going to tell you, I just don't know whether I could get to church every once in a while when it, if I didn't have my redhead. You know, that's <laughs> just... Uh, I, I have to be real grateful there, I'm telling you. Uh, we have uh, the obligation to be true to facts, too. Uh, if uh, we represent something to somebody else, we ought to represent it truthfully and honestly. Uh, and not stretch it a little bit. <laughs> My granddaddy, <laughs> Papa, <laughs> I love that old cripple to death. <laughs> he was my fishing buddy, and I had to guard him pretty carefully. Sometimes I had to be a lifeguard <laughs> to pull him out of the lake. You know, <laughs> but uh, he. Uh, he could stretch the truth just about as far as you could stretch it without it breaking. 
And sometimes when he got to telling fish stories, it would break. <laughs> now, I, I see some of these fishermen and women around here laughing because they understand that. Uh, but one who is faithful is faithful to the truth. <laughs> when we tell stories about the fish we caught, let's don't tell it for the truth if it's not true. Now, most of the time when, when we talked about, when he talked about how many we caught, that, that wasn't stretching the truth. We've caught baskets full of the, those little old brim. I don't know whether y'all care anything about brim fishing or not, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of people like to catch them old crappies about that long. They just get on your hook, you know, and they don't, don't do anything. You just pull them up out of the water. You get a brim on your hook about that size right there, you better hold on because if you're not careful, he'll pull you out of the boat into the water with him and tangle you up on every weed and tree and bush in between the boat and you. And uh, you think I'm being faithful to the, to the truth there? <laughs> I might have stretched it just a little bit. That's, that's the kind of thing we need to understand. When we talk to people and, and uh, tell people different things, uh, we need to be faithful to the truth and uh, faithful especially to our loved ones and friends. And when it comes to us being Christians, we really need to be faithful in our walk and our talk about our relationship with Christ. We need to be true to the facts. Uh, there, folks, there's so many things out there in the, in the world today, so many ways people have of, of being saved and being a Christian, becoming a Christian and all that sort of stuff. And there's not but one way. That's God's way. The scriptural way says no man comes to the Father. Jesus did. No man comes to the Father but by me. And he meant that. There's no other way to get there. You can't go to enough priests. You can't go to enough preachers. You can't say enough prayers. You can't put enough money in the offering plate. You can't do anything except come to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior in order to be saved. That's, uh, that's the way Jesus represented it, and we need to be faithful to that. We need to be true and constant in our affection to him, uh, we, uh, when we get married or we fall in love, we often make vows and uh, show our gratitude for people who do things for us. Uh, we honor people that are uh, deserving of honor. Uh, a lot of times we... <laughs> We honor people that aren't deserving of honor, and, and, and I'm not going to talk about any of those folks. Uh, but as far as, as husbands and wives, uh, we owe each other. We owe each other the obligation of being faithful to them. And that's not just being faithful about them. It's being faithful to them. In our society today, faithfulness in relationships sometimes just doesn't seem like it carries a whole lot of weight. And, you know, in our relationship with the Lord and in Scripture, 
Our relationship to the Lord is often compared to our relationship to our spouses. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm thankful that our Lord is faithful to us regardless of whether we're faithful to Him or not. But we ought to try our dead level best to be faithful to our Lord Jesus. That ought to be top of the list for us as Christians. Uh, and it's, it's our duty, if you will, to be faithful to Him. Uh, and when we're, when we're out there in the world and we represent Him to the world and to uh, people we know, we ought to be faithful to, to the facts and not be like my granddad had stretched the truth out of proportion. <laughs> Uh, we ought to be uh, faithful to the tales we tell <laughs> and uh, our representation of uh, our lives and our relationships with the Lord. Verse 3 in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Well, I'll just read the first five verses to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. A person should consider us in this, in this way as servants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. In this regard, it is expected of managers that each one be found faithful it is of little importance that I should be evaluated by you or by a human court. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself, for I am not conscious of anything against myself, but I am not justif justified by this. The one who evaluates me is the Lord. Therefore, don't judge anything prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and reveal the intentions of the hearts, and then praise will be will come to each one from God. They would pray. Father, our desire is to be pleasing to you. Lord, uh, one of those ways is for us to be faithful servants of yours, and faithful brothers and sisters to one another. God, we, uh, we pray that uh, as we strive to be the men and women you would have us to be as we represent our Savior, that we would do it wholeheartedly, unashamedly, God, in a way that would bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. Lord, uh, help us to that end, we pray. And uh, we, God, will do our best to be a blessing to your name uh, as we go through our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, 
when we take that vow to become a husband or a wife, when we take a vow to one another to become friends, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you've ever played a sport, and uh, as, a, as an old football player who loved to play the game, <laughs> you had 10 other people on the field with you at the same time that y'all had a vow with each other. And if you didn't believe you had a vow, just ask the quarterback. He can tell you right quick. If 10 of y'all are supposed to keep everybody else off of him. <laughs> sometimes that worked, sometimes that didn't. Sometimes you'd go to huddle, he'd remind you of the fact that you didn't do your job too well. And other times it was not that, that way. He was tickled to death to have you in front of him. But uh, as we go through life, we need to recognize the fact that we're on a, we're on a team. We're on a, a team of uh, men and women who are managers in, in the work of the Lord. We don't like to think about it like that sometimes, or we don't think about it like that sometimes, but we in the church... We have to look at ourselves as managers of God's estate. We've got a, a big, big field out there of work. God has put us here on this earth and brought us to Him and given us the task of being faithful managers of that estate. Now, we live in a part of the world where we know what a, a farm manager is supposed to do. A manager on the farm is supposed to take care of business. He makes sure everything gets done. He makes sure everybody that's hired is out there at work doing what they're supposed to be doing and so on and so forth. And look, we as Christians need to understand that Jesus came and he is our ultimate, <laughs> I hate to compare it this way, but he's our ultimate foreman. He's the ultimate boss in our lives, and he tells us what to do, and he's given us directions on what to do and how to do it. We got a book, but you say you don't know what to do. You're not reading the book. Read the directions book. Everywhere that I've ever gone to work that amounted to anything besides in a grocery store and pushing a broom, everywhere that had responsibility that went along with it, they handed you a book. And you needed to read the directions in the book to know what to do and how to do it and so on and so forth. If you didn't, you just looked plumb ignorant. And if you didn't, you didn't last very long. Well, I don't know which one I didn't like the most, looking ignorant or not lasting very long. <laughs> Folks, look, God has directed us in the way that he would have us to act in our lives before the world. We are to be faithful in our management skills before him and do what he's asked us to do. We, uh, we talk about all of these things, but being faithful to Christ is one of the most important things that we can ever do. Being a good servant of his. Now, I, I say this all the time and use this as an example. I don't want to get to heaven and be in that line that goes to Christ for judgment, you know. And get there and stand before him. And I don't want to have to hold my head down, kick it in the dirt. And be ashamed because I didn't do anything that he wanted me to do. I didn't want him 
not to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That should be all of our goal, is to be faithful to Jesus, faithful to the point of when we show up before him in eternity and stand before his judgment seat and look him in the eye. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my kingdom. <laughs> that might be a hallelujah moment, folks. Somebody needs to say amen. <laughs> Ooh. God has given us the opportunity to be the managers of a great mystery. We walk around with it in our hands and take it very lightly. But this is this is a mysterious little book. You may have one that's a little bigger than this one, but these are mysterious documents. In this, you will find things that are just plumb difficult to believe. How in the world could they happen? I'll tell you how. Because we have an almighty God who can do anything for anybody, with anybody, and to anybody that he wants to. That's our God. That's who we worship. That's who we serve. And he says, you need to be faithful in your service to me. Now, that doesn't mean that on Saturday night we can get out there and act like a hellion and come to church a little sluggish on Sunday, if you know what I'm talking about. Been there, done that, seen that all my life. And we're getting worse in the Christian kingdom, Christian world, of thinking that we can do anything we want to on Saturday night, come to church about half hung over on Sunday morning. I don't imagine God appreciates that. God wants us to be good and faithful servants of his. Being faithful means being a good example. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> my mother, daddy never said too much about it. I, I think he might have been embarrassed about the way he used to live to talk to me about, the, about doing things right, you know. But my mother, she wasn't ashamed at all. She'd tell me about how I ought to live and how I ought to represent her and the family and the Lord and everything else. She didn't mind telling me what I ought to do. And uh, the kind of person that I ought to be. If you're part of this family, if you're part of this family, that's what you ought to do. Now, don't you think God looks at us and says, if you're going to claim to be part of this family, this is what you ought to do. And it's not like he hadn't told us what to do. He spelled it out on every page. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be good and faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be faithful in our fellowship and our love for one another if we can't do anything else. We can be faithful to do what God wants us to do. Now, look, <laughs> I know that we're human beings, and I know some of us are not as lovable as others. Y'all reckon? <laughs> I've been around Baptist churches long enough to know that the preacher ain't always the most lovable guy in the church. 
And you can't tell these days sometimes the preacher is a female. That's, that's kind of tough to have a pastor as a, uh, that's a female and, and have uh, <laughs> the kind of faith in her that you would a, a man called of God. Well, we, we ain't going to go down that, excuse my English, we ain't, we're not going to go down that road too far. There's some things that we just ought not to do. And if we're faithful to the Lord, we're going to do what he said do. And if we're faithful to the Lord, we're not going to do what he says not do. Now, can we apply that to a lot of denominations and a lot of churches and a lot of so-called Christian work in the world? Yes, we can. But you know there are a lot of people out there lost looking at Christians for an example. And they need to see the best they can see from us. And I don't care about other churches. I, I wish they'd do right. I wish they'd act right. And I wish they'd portray Jesus in the right light. But folks, that's never happened. From the, from the time Jesus came to this earth, Satan's been anxiously and busily trying to turn people away from him and tell them and get them to believe a lie. And he's still at work today and he's turned the heat up just about as high as it can go because it's not going to be long before Jesus takes his feet and jumps just slap out of heaven and lands in the middle of this earth. He's coming back. Amen. Then we're going to see what it's supposed to look like. Then it's going to pay to be one of his faithful we need to be God's faithful. doesn't make any difference what anybody else says. It doesn't make any difference what anybody else does. It doesn't make any difference about any other denominations or, or anything else. All of that is, is neither here nor there. It's what God has said. It's what God has told us to do. It's how God has told us how to act. That's the important thing. That's what we ought to do, and we ought to be faithful to do it. If he tells us we ought not to run our mouths when we ought not to run our mouths, folks, we ought not to run our mouths when we ought not to run our mouths. You know, unfortunately, we're Baptists, and we like to run our mouths. <laughs> and get us in trouble sometimes. I caught her, she said. Zip it. We don't know how to zip it. If it's in here, we're going to bust if it doesn't come out here. Have y'all noticed that? That's just about the way we are. My eyes feel like they're going to start bleeding sometimes. I'm so ready to pop if I don't say something. I don't know whether y'all that way or not, but I just, sometimes I just feel like I'm going to have a stroke. Hmm. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ in everything, every minute of every day. Be faithful to him. The question going around several years ago has still popped up every once in a while in the media and everywhere else, but especially in Christian circles. The question was, what would Jesus do? You remember WWJD? It's still out there. What would Jesus do? Well, what would he do? We need to take time to think about what the faithful thing to do in our lives 
as we react to the world today. What would Jesus do? Now look, I know that I can't take my finger and zap anybody. <laughs> you might be in trouble, brother. <laughs> I heard about your polka dot shirt. <laughs> I, that was me that had one, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I did too, boy. I had a bright yellow one with blue polka dots about that big. He wasn't man enough to wear one, but I was. <laughs> I had a paisley one too, brother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said, Lord, help us, but I had one of those too. <laughs> What'd she say? <laughs> Look, <laughs> stirred her up, didn't he? <laughs> Folks, bottom line is this, and all of this, and all of this fun, and everything else, life would be a lot less hectical, <laughs> hectic. If we lived the way Jesus wants us to live, I didn't say it would be any easier. It would be less hectic because constantly there are things pulling against us being faithful to the Lord. Some, some the devil's just trying to get us to mess up and fall by the wayside. But you and I, if nobody else in the world is Christian, brothers and sisters. You and I ought to live godly lives as godly examples before people in the world. Why? Not because of us. It's not to make me look better. It's because my Jesus came and gave his life on a cross for me. That's why. My Jesus came to take away my sin through his sacrifice. And he did it for you and for me and to all who would believe in him as Savior. That's why we ought to be faithful to him. Oh, goodness, how faithful he was to us. He was faithful enough to look at the Roman soldiers. And he wasn't ugly to them, but he wouldn't bow to them. He wasn't ugly. He just wasn't going to bow to anybody but his father. We need to make it a part of our mental makeup. He's the only one that we bend a knee to. He's the only one that we have this closest of fellowship with. He's the one that when we need Someone to talk to, we go talk to him. He's the one that we need to be faithful to. Have a faithful fellowship with him because that's the only way we're going to have freedom in eternity. It's the only way. You can't find another way. It's not out there. It's the only way. Uh, More, if you look at verse 3 where we read here in chapter 4, 
and something I pointed out to myself. It is of little importance that I should be evaluated by you or by a human court. In fact, I don't even evaluate myself. <laughs> it's, uh, Paul thought it was more important to be a faithful servant than it was to be a good old boy. He didn't care what anybody thought. He wasn't going to try to be a good old boy. He was going to try to be who God wanted him to be. That was more important than anything else in his life. Look at verse 5. Therefore, don't judge anything prematurely before the Lord comes, who will both bring to light what is hidden in darkness and reveal the intentions of the hearts, and then praise will come to each one from God. We got to hold judgment of ourselves and other people until Jesus comes. You know why? Because he's the only one that's got all the information. <laughs> he's the only one that can judge everybody fairly and alike. We don't need to be in the business of judging ourselves or anybody else. We've got enough sense to look at this book and say what we ought to be able to do and what we not, ought not to be able to do. We ought to have that much sense. Heaven help us if we don't. We don't, we don't have judgment in our control and command. Jesus does. That's the point, at the point where Jesus, we give that him that control. Uh, the praise that is due to others is going to come to others. As faithful managers, God holds the judgment for us. We need to understand it is us who should be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want Jesus, too many times, we want Jesus to serve us, as it were, and give us all of the fineries and the good things, and, and we look for him to lift us up and to put us in a position that sometimes is just out there beyond anything anybody ever imagines. But one of us, any of us, who are faithful managers of the Lord Jesus Christ, are faithful to be the judges that we ought to be, to pass judgment that is faithful to what he says and thinks and does. You know, it doesn't make any difference what you think of my yellow polka dotted shirt or not. It doesn't make any difference whether I had a a bright paisley shirt and I had some <laughs> when, when Trisha first met me I had some strange looking clothes I'm going to admit that but that was back in the day when we had strange looking clothes that was the late 60s I was supposed to look foolish and I did <laughs> folks I can't I can't imagine now grown as I am <laughs> 
as mature as I am, how foolish I must look sometimes to my Lord and my Savior because of the way I think and the things I do. He's my God and He's my Savior. Nobody else can claim that. He's my God and He's my Savior. And I should give Him all of my strength and all of my faith I should place in Him and give it to Him. Because He, as the current vernacular says, He's the man. And uh, He's our God. And we ought to love Him and be faithful to Him. Now, faith is something sometimes that's hard for us to do. But we can do it if He's ours and we're His. We can be faithful. Folks, let's live faithful lives to the Lord Jesus Christ that others see Jesus in us. That's the way a lot of people get saved. They see Jesus in us. You don't have to go out there and be a drum thumper and a Bible thumper on the street corners and all that kind of stuff to get people's attention. You know what? In this world today that is so nasty and corrupt and foolish, you stand out like a sore thumb if you just are good. A good person stands out from the crowd. Be one who stands out from the crowd by being faithful to the Lord Jesus. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed. I thank y'all for being here this morning. I know that it takes an effort to get up and get out. Sometimes it's not easy, but you do it anyway, and I appreciate it. Let's pray. Brother Johnny, would you dismiss us, please?